0: You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. Every town in West Cork is no different look, let's face it. Drugs is a scourge, you know, nationally and every village and town has that. And indeed, this morning, I'm glad to say even in a small village like Inchigela, there was 21,000 euros worth of cannabis got there last night in the search.
1: Hello and welcome to the Southern Stars Coronavirus Podcast. I'm the news editor, Siobhan Cronin, and this week's podcast is a wide ranging interview with the Chief Superintendent of the Cork West Garda Division, Coronative Comcatican. We talk about policing during COVID, a drop in burglaries but a rise in domestic violence crimes, the new technology that the division is piloting, the huge increase in drug detections, and big plans for the division coming down the tracks. So good morning, Chief Superintendent, and welcome to the um, Southern Star podcast. Now, uh, West Cork wouldn't be seen as the busiest division in the country, I wouldn't imagine, but you have an awful lot still going on and a lot to keep everyone on their toes. Could you tell me what are the top three priorities now you, you see in the division at the moment?
0: Well, I suppose, Siobhan, the top three from a policing perspective, I was number one is drugs and the drug abuse in the community number two is the fear of crime by our communities out there and number three would be domestic related crime and you know those are probably set early on each year we bring in our stakeholders who set our targets and who set our focus for the next year in terms of policing and indeed in West Cork we're very fortunate we have a group of 20 people from various sectors of society in West Cork who come in every year and assist us and we obviously do a bit of brainstorming with them and um, in, in the last 12 months actually those are the three key areas that have been identified by those selection of people from throughout the community which goes from Castleton Bear down to Kinsale.
1: How, how do you choose those people or how do they get
0: picked? Uh, I some of them have been community activists some have been involved in, in take for example we have people from the IFA we have people from the business community uh, we have people from the legal profession. And uh, we have a cross-section, you know, both public and people out in communities and that. And they feed into us what they see as, you know, the requirements and what they see as challenges in communities. And that has been very helpful. And indeed, next week, we're actually doing Zoom calls with each of those in in smaller groups, obviously, because we normally would have breakout groups and do brainstorming with them. And um, it's amazing, actually, with what they come up with, you know, as they see you know the perceived threats as well maybe out in the communities and that, and what they feel communities want, and that is how we set our goals for our policing plans for next year
1: and is that a, is that a common uh, strategy in other divisions or is that unique to us Cork,
0: that, that uh, community involvement We were probably one of the first in the country, our new Garda commissioner as was brought asked for that, you know a big input from communities out there and you know community engagement and certainly. You know, we had, as suppose, the, the the processes in place set that up pretty quickly because we have a very strong bond out in the community through community alerts, neighborhood watches, mental material, and various support groups out there and um, it, it was easy to, to bring it together
1: right now you have spoken before about you know burglaries are well down in West Cork, especially compared to other divisions, but you touched there yourself, and one of the priorities is drugs and we've seen in particular in the paper in the last year an awful lot of drug seizures and detections and even in the courts we're seeing them coming through now and Bantry in particular and I think there was a little bit of fear maybe in Bantry that they had a major problem but I we, we had an interview recently with with the um, superintendent they're explaining that it's not that so much it's a problem it's that the policy of detection is very effective and you're finding a lot and it's probably no different to any other towns you might just talk us through a little bit about the drugs issue in West cork and, and and the fact is not it's not isn't being particularly targeted or anything
0: no it's was siobhan look we change our targets and our focus on a weekly basis and you know it just happens that certainly you know we would have picked maybe a district for six weeks and go in with the local guardian there uh, we have a divisional drugs unit obviously which has been reorganized the past two years we have an inspector now who's in charge of it we have a new detective sergeant there are a number of new people in in the drugs unit And indeed, they work with the local district drugs unit. And there are two members in Bantry, actually, in that unit as well. And um, obviously, you know, drugs is a murky game. It's, you know, you're depending a lot on intelligence and information in that. And indeed, I suppose the community have come in behind us as well there. And, you know, you have the domino effect. I think once you get in amongst anything, no matter what it is, you know, one thing leads on to the next, and that scenario has developed in Bantry. Look, there are a lot of Section Three detections there. There are a lot of drug drivers. You might just down. you
1: might just explain what a Section Three is, Chief Super. There. Section Three
0: is per- personal use, small amounts, and that. And um, you know, obviously, there would be a number of those um, detections. But every town in West Cork is no different. Look, let's face it, drugs is a scourge. You know, nationally, and every village and town. Has that, and indeed, this morning I'm glad to say, even in tick, a small village like Enchigüela, there was 21,000 euros worth of cannabis got there last night in the search. So that just puts it in perspective. You know, it has no boundaries, you no know, end up anywhere. But um, look, each of the towns in West Cork, was have come to the forefront. Uh, we we're working very closely with all the gar- you know, the local members out in those stations. And it just happens that Bantrino seemed to be the, the first town, I suppose, and a lot of us coming to the forefront before the courts and that. And um,
1: that with wouldn't the be fact... possible... Sorry, but the fact that we're a coastal area and, you know, an awful lot of very hard-to-detect coves um, and little inlets, uh, has that much of an effect on then what filters through to the coastal towns like Bantry or Kinsale?
0: Look, I suppose uh, we're working very closely with customs and with the naval service. Uh, We meet regularly every month. There are monthly meetings between our divisional drugs unit and obviously the representatives from, you know, the other two sister agencies, as we refer to, In that front, uh, we share intelligence, we share information, um, you know, is working together. And uh, look, over the last two years, that has served us well down here. I suppose with the COVID restrictions at the moment, you know, any of the the dealers, you know, change their ways and how they bring in drugs as well. And obviously to be very naive of us, you know, not to watch that and watch those trends as well. And um, we're working on that, for example, you have less planes, now less flights in and out of airports. So, you know, Your seaports obviously have to become a priority. Obviously, your coastline has become a priority. Um, The other thing as well we have noticed is a huge increase in cultivation and homegrown. And certainly, you know, that's an area obviously we are monitoring as well very closely in that. But, you know, you depend a lot on intelligence and on information as the community out there have been excellent throughout West Cork and indeed throughout the country in, in reporting drugs or anything suspicious. And we depend very much on that. And I appreciate that. You know, in West Cork, we got tremendous support from the from the local people, and I think if the locals trust the local community guard or trust the local sergeant, or whatever, that they can pick up the phone in confidence, pass on that bit of information or that bit of intelligence, it may be a small part of a jigsaw. And you know, we have I've seen it here here in West Cork, like in Cork County this year. I think there's very close on three million euros worth of drug seized in the county, which is you know no small feat, and like a, quite a lot of those have come from maybe the smaller dealers and i know from section 15 which is dealing drugs we actually have a 50 percent increase in in the first nine months this year and that in west Coast division
1: and that's detection of course so not to worry people that it's 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 just reflecting the detection rather than the, 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 the detection
0: the of drugs and it was it, it reflects you know activity and you know that and godish are very proactive in the drugs field and you know thankfully you know we're having a lot of success out there but Again, that's back to communities and back to everybody supporting it. Like A police force is only as strong as the community that supports it as well. And when a community supports you, you can get quite a lot done.
1: Well, just speaking of community support now, one thing that we have noticed uh, with the um, um, increase in, in usage of social media is that there's actually quite a lot of pushback as regards the detections of uh, small amounts is what you call Section Three cannabis uh, smoking usage for for personal usage, um, and you see a lot of comment online about you know have the guys nothing better to do. This is just people having a a smoke. It's not affecting anyone. Alcohol is you know causes more damage to families, um, and and it's a kind of a, a trend I've noticed in the last five or six years that um, there's quite a, a growing contingent out there of people who think that. Um, obviously that cannabis should be legalized. Like, do, is there any softening in the courts or anything towards that or in, in legislation terms, do you think, coming down the line?
0: Uh, I don't think so, Siobhan, I suppose. Look, If you look at, that, at the whole drug scene uh, globally, uh, again, a lot of crime, you know, can be traced back to drugs. You have some people who obviously commit crime to feed their habits. Others, you know, commit crime under the influence of drugs. Look, we have got to learn from other countries as well. Take Holland, uh, you know, over the last number of years, we work very closely with a lot of other European police forces. And um, I was fortunate enough to be on a, on a policing forum with some of the Dutch police. And they tried legalizing drugs back in the 80s and the 90s. And um, they discovered, you know, over the last 10 years, it has created a lot of problems for them. They have additional people living in parks, living homeless. Um, it certainly didn't work for those people you know, and and didn't work in in Holland for them in that. And I think if they are their time back again, they'll reconsider their actions back in the 80s and the 90s.
1: And I suppose the comment that, and I know I've seen the judges in the area make this comment several times, is that it might just be cannabis, if you want to use that term, but that an awful lot of the cannabis is connected in some way or other to the harder drugs or you might have the same dealers or one may may lead to another or certainly the funding if you're funding the cannabis trade, you're indirectly funding a much more sinister trade. So, I mean, would you agree with that argument? Uh,
0: certainly. And, and look, that that certainly was the learning experience as well. And I mentioned Holland there that it led to harder drugs. It led to more serious crime. Uh, the other thing of interest, it, it led actually to problems in the workplace where people were rather than maybe coming in smoking a cigarette would be smoking a giant. And, uh, you, would, you know, personal safety of people at work came into it you know, speak at that stage as well. And, um, and productivity
1: probably not out as well was an issue for the, for the
0: government. Absolutely. And, you know, there was a lot of, of other issues that came into play. So, look, it, 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 it's very hard to to argue, you know, for it, you know, when you take everything into account in, in a global, as, from a global aspect.
1: Okay. Now, um, you also mentioned to me recently that you have some uh, new technology at checkpoints now for detection. And uh, it sounds quite interesting. Can you talk us through some of that?
0: Uh, yes, uh, Shabon, we have what we refer to as the mobility units now. They're basically a mobile phone. And indeed, I even have got complaints here where members of the public are ringing in and saying, "Has the guard anything better to be doing at a checkpoint than playing on his mobile phone? But in, in essence, actually what the Guard are doing, they're reading the number plates of the cars that they come up to the checkpoint. They can tell exactly who you are, who owns the car. And that, and in a lot of instances, you know, we wave on people at checkpoints because we know exactly who they are and that they're local and that as well. And um, I suppose the, the other side of it as well, to tell you immediately if a car is not insured or if, you know, there's no tax on the car, the, the phone actually can, you would it's set to vibrate in your hand, so you know exactly. So it, it's very easy to, to detect. You know, people with uninsured cars, uh, on tax cars, and indeed, you have cars coming up to checkpoints with with false number plates on them. You know. Okay, so, so the, the phone uh, will
1: vibrate if there's something untoward, and it's kind of a, a little alert, isn't for the guard, to to say, hang uh, on here, now let's stop and check.
0: Exactly, and like people would. You probably have seen it yourself. You know, you'd see a line of ten cars coming along, and the next thing, all of a sudden, you see the guard pulling one car out of the ten, and people are wondering why did they pull him over. So they have the information already, so they know exactly from the the technology um, who the person, is, the car is untaxed or are uninsured. And um, look, I suppose it, it, it's something out there it's to everybody's benefit. I think everybody complains about the amount of uninsured drivers out there. Uh, in West Cork division, so far this year, we probably have about 800 carcases for no, either no tax and no insurance, and taken off the roads, and that's all. So I and think. Is that up you know,
1: another year years, uh, chief super?
0: It's it's because of the of the technology, yes, there's no doubt about it. I well suppose, in you know, we have seen plenty of it out there. You've seen it yourself in the courts, where people can, you know, with. with modern computers now, you can actually create a tax disc very easy and, and you know generate it and print it off and put it up in the car. And with the naked eye, it can be very difficult to detect. But with the mobility units now, basically, we know straight away it's showing a tax disc for December 2020 and there's a no tax in the car, you know, straight away from the, the mobility app because the mobility app, National Vehicle File, uh, is updated on a daily basis. So before the guard goes out on duty, they can basically dock the phone. In the matter of a couple of minutes, the national vehicle file is updated. So they know they have the most current and available information from the local taxation offices, from the local registration offices and that. And obviously that includes details in that as well.
1: And and so, how far does that information detection go? Is it just for motoring offences? Or if I was wanted in another country, would that would that come up as well? Or wanted for more serious offence?
0: It certainly can. And I suppose, you know, you take, for example, if there's a high alert on a car, as often happens, you know, you know, where we have maybe a car that's involved in serious crime, we feed it on the system. It's automatically uploaded now onto the mobility units as well. And the minute that car approaches the checkpoint, again, it's set off an alarm and you can see exactly what this car has wanted for a serious crime, wanted for a serious sexual offence or for a robbery or whatever. And I mean, again, you- the Sorry, you did mention the
1: pilot scheme to me. Is is that that will be brought in countrywide for every guard on a checkpoint? Will it?
0: It certainly will. I think at this stage in my staff at West Park, where somewhere around fifty percent of members have them, you know. So, and that will be increased. All our roads policing units, you know, have that technology. As indeed, have some of our cars as well have it. So, you know, once we park up a car, we can see exactly. You know, you, you can see, trend, you know, crime trends. You can see what vehicles are traveling in convoys. There's quite a lot of uh, analytical work you can actually do background afterwards if you have a serious crime or whatever. You know, you can see a pattern of cars and, um, you know, obviously it can be very helpful in, in serious investigations.
1: Right. Now, you mentioned there about um, someone maybe wanted for domestic violence or sexual assault. We have a protective service unit now in the region, which we were looking for, I think, for quite some time. I know the West Cork Women Against Violence were, were lobbying for it for quite a while, that women uh, or other victims of, of sexual violence didn't have to go to Cork for the investigation. So how, how is that working out now? And tell me a little bit about that.
0: Uh, we have set up the, the protective services unit, commenced last year on the 30th of December, there are two detective sergeants, 10 detective guardiae gone into it uh, in Dunmanway. They're an extremely busy unit. Uh, I suppose domestic related crime has increased by 5% this year in the Cork West area. It's give me
1: that figure again because you just we lost you there yeah.
0: for a second. Uh, it's, it's increased by 25% okay. this year in Cork West division. Uh, there's probably a number of reasons for that, as well as number one you have the new unit who works very closely and did you mentioned the West Park Women Against Violence who do tremendous work out in the community. You know, you have the Cork Rape uh, Crisis Centre, you have other voluntary support groups. Uh, it works very closely with TUSTA because obviously there are children involved, and indeed with the HSE. And, you know, there are week- weekly meetings between each of those agencies and indeed with the voluntaries in respect of, of supports that can be provided. So, in that front, as well, there's a, you know, it's a very professional unit completely dedicated to the domestic related crime. But when you mentioned domestic crime, I suppose, you know, it's very important to clarify that automatically I think it's husband and wife are between partners, but it has a much broader remit in that it could be a son or a daughter or a father or a mother or siblings, you know, and, and um, domestic violence can be very complex at times as well, as suppose, in that sense, you know, and, and to see who the perpetrator is or what the underlying reasons are for, you know, the, the particular crime, Um the other side of it is well, we have brought in what we call callbacks, where members you know, actually have a basically go back to the victim, and we go back maybe on a number of occasions as well, and we record that on our systems now as well. And um, obviously, we you know provide relevant inf- information on what orders they can get from the courts, be it a protection order, be it a barring order, or indeed um, you know if there's something that needs to be investigated, and to give reassurance to those people. Many instances they need other supports as well because they may have to leave the family home and um, your know, West Cork Women Against Violence who are forefront there and maybe provide temporary accommodation and and um, it's about each of the agencies working together and I'm glad to say that the unit in is working extremely well. Uh, their workload has increased significantly. There's no doubt about that. Um, a lot of the cases now that they have started, you know, back in in January, are starting to come before the courts. And I suppose the other thing as well is that we have become a lot more efficient. Like each of those cases now are investigated rapidly. And um, you have people with expertise in there who have been, undergone, I suppose, intense training in that field. And they know exactly, you know, what to do and what not to do in in given circumstances
1: so can i just ask you in the case of a of a sexual assault um prior to this i suppose you could have expected that if you made the call you were go- you were heading to cork for a medical examination and for investigation all the rest so if if a victim rings now and says they're they're a victim of a sexual assault is the whole process dealt with in west cork or does the medical end of that still have to be dealt with in cork city
0: The medical aspect has to be dealt with the SATU unit, the Sexual Assault Treatment Unit in Cork City, and the Protective Services Unit obviously will take it from start to finish now. You know, they are provided with a number of cars and and transport. The victim is is taken from start to finish, and if there are supports needed, obviously, you know, they're brought in at an early stage as well. Um, The treatment unit in the city, I suppose, is probably fully kitted out, There are dedicated medical staff, you know, in there who are properly trained in in that field, uh, who show great empathy and support. And indeed, if there are additional supports needed, you know, they're in a position as well to work with the PSU and ensure those supports are are made available. But, um, you know, it's a center of excellence in in, in the medical field. and, And that's why as well, you have a limited number of those medical centers throughout the country. I know it can be very hard on the victim and I can empathise with that. But on the other side, I think the supports and, uh, you know, anybody that has gone through it will tell you, and even if you talk to the West Corp women, women Against Violence, they can appreciate as well how you know, it, it operates. But I suppose the, the very important thing is, you know, that's just the examination side. It's the after support and the after care that's, that's more important to the victim. And uh, with the Protective Services Unit, they're on daily contact and and indeed with the victim as well as was, which is vitally important now, every action that's taken by that unit, they will actually come back to the victim and say, you know, we've done A, B and C. This is where we're at. The file has gone to the DPP. There are charges and, you know, what to expect. And I think that's vital for any any victim that they're kept fully informed of, of, you know, what actions are taken and what the outcome is going to be and when the outcome comes out, you know.
1: So basically you're not left like the very much the feeling in the past was you were on your own a lot of that time you're once you make that call you won't be left on your own you you will be accompanied to Cork I presume for examination and also I suppose it's just worth making the point it's not exclusively for women if if men are victims they also um should make that call and they will get treated equally
0: that that is correct yes and and um look, the best of support will be provided. And I suppose those linkages are there now, as I've explained, each of those units, be it voluntary or statutory, meet now on a weekly basis. And uh, you know, it cuts through all the red tape in the past and there was probably a lot of written communication. And as you know, that can slow down processes, whereas now it's it's verbal, the phones are picked up. Each of those my staff inside in Dunmanway would have the personal phone numbers of all the support agencies, of all the um, you know statutory agencies as well, all the mobile phones and relevant numbers, so that immediate help can be accessed. And you know, it's it's taken very seriously and that, and um, you know, investigated very quickly, very efficiently, and every available support is provided. And uh, I think that's why our our numbers have increased as well, Siobhan. There's confidence out there. With people know that they feel they can come forward in confidence, uh, they'll be listened. Very important, you know, that they're listened to. Uh, their complaint is taken very seriously and taken on board and fully investigated. And can and, you um, dial
1: directly into that unit, um, Chief Super? Or do you just, if you feel you, you, you want to make a a complaint, do you ring your local Garda station? Or do you dial nine? Like a lot of people don't know. You know, they've never, maybe never happened to them before and they don't know what to do. Do you ring 999? Do you ring your local guard station? Or do you look up the number for the unit in Dunmanway?
0: You can actually call in, into your local station. You can ring the local station. You can actually ring Dunmanway station. And um, you will be, if a complaint comes into any station in West Cork, be it Skiverine or Tannacilty or wherever, the local sergeant there actually will be referring that file immediately and contacting his colleagues or her colleagues inside in the protective services unit. And they will immediately take over that case. Obviously, you know, the, the local super will do a quick triage on it and say, yes, it's a case for the PSU. And that because as well, we're very conscious that it's it's the relevant cases in there because they have such a heavy workload, you know, that that's why we're very, I suppose, particular that it's domestic related and, and you know, it's put in there for the right reasons.
1: Right. Now, um, You touched a little bit on the fact that the figures have gone up and and there has been a lot of publicity in the national media even about the figures having risen because of COVID. Now, how has COVID affected the guardie? Because we're not hearing very much about, you know, cases of it or how are bubbles working or how do you social distance? I suppose the only way that the public interact is that you see the the at checkpoints with masks on. But uh, it must be a very difficult job to carry out with such tight restrictions at the moment.
0: It certainly has been and as well we're very fortunate here and I know I'm touching wood here now that no member of the Garda staff or any sport member in Gardashikon and West Corp has got COVID so far since the start. We've you know a clean bill of health and indeed this morning, you know, we have quite a number of people in for tests obviously because there were scares and, you know, through contact elsewhere and whatnot. But thankfully, everybody has come back clear. Uh, you know, which is down to as was well the again, the professionalism of the members and then and how they deal with it. You know, we have uh, what we call a body system in the cars where you're with you're basically a lot of the guys are since last March with the same person. Uh, we have one way systems in station the units coming in and going off. We basically have asked them not to to meet. So the new unit coming in comes in one door, the unit finishing are gone out another door, and uh, we don't. You know, encourage any contact if they need to speak to each other, they do it on the phone. Um, that certainly has helped us a lot, as was the other thing with our cars. We have quite a lot of transport in West Cork and the drivers of those cars actually, when they finish duty, um, they have wipes and they have sanitizer and they basically have to clean down the whole cockpit and the car. It has to be done before they leave the car. And that's something as well even the, the Garda representative jury and Axi have been very strong in here in West Cork as well for the protection of their members, protection of families, and that as well, that that is done. Thankfully, it has served us well. And I suppose the other areas, prisoners. We have four detention areas, uh, you know, in West Cork. And in order to reduce the risk, uh, we have two of those closed at the moment. So we're using two main centres, which are Bantry, obviously, and Bandon. And in the event of we... God forbid, do get an outbreak, obviously we have plan B in place where one, we can open one of the others and close the one if we have a, an outbreak. Right. So we, we have those risk assessments done. Uh, we review those on, on, on a daily basis, and um, that has served us well in in, in that period.
1: Right. And now there are some big changes coming down the tracks for uh, the Cork West Division. There's an amalgamation coming. And um, the likelihood, I think, is that the HQ may be in Macroom, which also means um, a, a long overdue revamp for the station there. So maybe tell us a little bit about that, what's, what's happening with the division in the next few years.
0: I suppose like everybody is aware that there was a commission set up by government back about three years ago to carry out a review of the future of policing in Ireland under a former police commissioner from New York, Kathleen O'Toole, whom everybody is aware of. Uh, one of the recommendations that was setting up is what we term a, an operating model, and in what the operating model means, I suppose, is that you have functionalities uh, rather than being area specific. Now it's functionality specific, and there are three key areas in that. You have basically the business functional area in, in Gardaí Economy which Finance. You have the governance, which covers obviously auditing, risk management, policing plans. And the courts, and then you have the community engagement aspect, which is dealing with the community. Uh, Cork county will be amalgamated we don 't have dates on that, but uh, it won 't affect frontline policing per se it 's obviously the management structure is changing into functions and that and uh, as well as your, what you'll know is your local superintendent may no longer be covering a bigger area. you will have a superintendent, but they 'll have a larger area but they will be completely devoted to community engagement. Or you'll have maybe just one superintendent in the county completely responsible for serious crime. But um,
1: I don't want to put the fear in anyone that there's going to be a reduction in numbers because of an expanding division.
0: No, it, it, it actually should lead to an increase in numbers, believe it or not. Park County, well as has um, you know, population of 297,000 people. We have approximately 13,000 kilometres of road network Currently, uh, between Cork North and Cork West, there will be, there are a total of six hundred and fifty guarded. There are total probably about a hundred uh, support staff, so it's seven hundred and fifty staff. Um, again, Cork North, as was, which has a base in, in Fermi, you'll achieve the super there. So what will mean is that you'll have one superintendent covering the whole county. That hasn't been announced yet, and indeed, I don't even know if I'll be the chief super for the county or not. You know, at this stage. There are two of us currently covering the county. So um you have to that's, find something it out. <laughs> that's something for the Commissioner to, to decide on at this stage. So and is
1: there a date so even we, in, in mind for that, do you think? Uh
0: there kind of there's not. But I suppose you mentioned there the station. Um certainly the commissioner has identified two stations for next year in in, in relation to uh, building of stations, one being Tranmel and the second being McCroom. So no, I suppose we're looking forward to that. The site has been identified in Macrone. Uh The site currently will, is, will be finished off in the next, I believe, two weeks. Uh, the plans for the station have come out. Sobernton and Moran in, in Macroom has had, I suppose, a huge impact. You know, the design of the station as indeed have some, myself and some of my team here and, you know, what our requirements are. We believe the station will cost somewhere in the region of 30 million. It's being built on the same footprint as Wexford and Dalway. Um, it's is it close to the close.
1: existing Garda station?
0: Uh, no, it's it's further out on the Killarney side of of Macroom. It's backing onto the new motorway, and uh, the new fire station is actually onto the same side as indeed are the local authority offices. So I suppose you know, which is good to see as well. You know that each of the agencies will be probably on on the one side together. You know, and then that certainly will lead to synergies there, I have no doubt down the road. Um, it backs onto the motorway, so people will be able to get in and out quickly. As well, but um, look, it won't mean a reduction in numbers. It should mean an increase in numbers, and obviously that's something that whoever the chief of the county is. will be watching very closely in that. But uh, it won't affect frontline policing, like I said. It's the management structure that's, that that will be changed, and, and that's in, in reflected that, around
1: like, the country. It's not just unique to Cork, I don't think.
0: No, it's not. No, it's happening nationally. There are, as was Cork City, are probably out at the other side of it at this stage. Limerick are in the process of it. Carry or starting similar to ourselves. And um, look, I suppose they, there will be headaches like anything when you bring in change in that, but I have no doubt that um, we'll probably make a more efficient force in that as well. And with using modern technology as well, you know, take the business functionality area. You have a finance officer inside in many, for example, each of the districts that will amalgamate into one because with IT now and everything, that can be centralised into one office. And that's only one small aspect of it. That's only just one small area of it, but an important area.
1: Well, I was going to ask you there about how a new commissioner or a new justice minister affects the day-to-day running, but I suppose we can probably see a little bit there about how a new commissioner affects it, because I think that has come down from Commissioner Drew Harris, this this new revamped, new look, Garda Siogana, um, does a new justice minister have much of an impact on day-to-day running, or you just are you just biding your time till so there's another one because they don't usually last more than a few years in this country?
0: Well, I suppose, Siobhan, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a police force are an in, we're, we're an enforcement agency, you know, and, and we enforce the legislation or enforce the laws, the case may be, um, irrespective of who's minister for justice or who's commissioner. Once a complaint is made to us, there's an obligation on us to investigate that complaint through to fruition. And uh, that doesn't change. You have the same crime out in communities and that. And, you know, we are a service provider. And, you know, our aim is, I suppose, to make sure that the public are looked after in that respect and, you know, and to, to help the communities and obviously work with communities as well. And I think working with communities is vital. If you get, the, you know, a police force working with a local community, and we've touched on it on drugs, that's why we've had the success in drugs and it's about working very closely with communities, building trust and that, and that has to happen out there. And look, each of our young members out there as well, you know, we have quite a lot of young people have joined the organisation indeed here, even in West Cork. And, um, you know, they're very community orientated people coming in and, and uh, they understand, you know, policing back to the basics of policing. You know, it, it's, you know, can be very complex, but it can be very simple as well. I suppose make it work, and then, um, you know we learn from that. We learn from mistakes as well. You know we don't always get it right, certainly. And um, you know, even I, I see at the local COVID checkpoints at the moment. You know, a lot of members of the public may be giving out about it, and indeed myself, I've often been sitting as well for maybe ten or fifteen minutes until we get through the checkpoint. But at the back of it, you must remember it has a huge had a huge impact on crime, and it had a impact on making our communities safer. You know, that people can travel and know that basically crime has reduced significantly. And like it has reduced significantly. And it's just supposed to show that if you deny criminals the use of our public roads, the impact it can have on communities, in making community much safer and taking the fear of crime out, you know, from communities and that as well.
1: And... On that, I was making the observation to you earlier that society has changed um, quite a lot in the last few years, and there's kind of a, a slight rise now in, in right-wing activism. We see it more in, I suppose, Dublin city um, and other cities, maybe than you do in West Cork. But the whole of society has changed quite a lot in recent years, and there's new challenges for Garthi, and you know, communities becoming more diverse. Do you feel the training regime in Temple is is taking account of that, that they, the and that the 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 new Guardie, as you call them, and the young new Guardie, you know, are able to cope with with very different challenges now to what you know their their previous generations of Guardie would have dealt with?
0: Uh, I think most certainly yes. Like you know, you have different as well as nationalities now. Johnny and Garda and even take here in in West Cork, we remember here recently joined us actually of Indian extraction here in, in Bandon Station. There are quite a number of the Polish community have joined us. Uh, we have quite a number of people from the UK and, um, you know, even Italy have joined the force in, in that. And, and even some of the own from, from Romania have joined the force as well. And, you know, they're a very valuable asset. But not alone that, we've trained our own members as well uh, in ethnic liaison. And there are ethnic liaison officers now in every division, in every district and indeed covering their, you know, we have sectors, basically, where members are responsible for from an ethnic point of view. And uh, even in our police planning, believe it or not, we have some of the ethnic groups as well represented on that, which is important to see where they're coming from. And our community guard are, you know, trained as well to a certain level in, in you know, dealing with the various groupings and that help there. And, um obviously you know we watch trends as well, like I know exactly when you you mentioned Dublin and, and you know you have a lot of right wing there's no doubt you know it certainly has increased in the past uh, you see it throughout europe, but it, it's it 's as suppose a global problem currently and that but thankfully, in West Park we don 't have that you know to that extent you might have small groupings or whatever but look it 's something that we monitor very closely, uh, we don 't some of those groups maybe inciting hatred against other groupings in a community and that as well and because that is a criminal offense and and um, that's something we watch very very closely and, and we encourage those you know minority groups if they have become the, the victim of some of this you know hate crime or whatever to report to us and indeed they have and, and we're glad to say that's that's an area as well as we're working hard on as well and um
1: onwards and upwards with that and um just a, a final question I always ask everyone at the end is if you do get any downtime and I know that like myself the Guardi have probably never been busier during this pandemic than there were in in the past but um what do you do for downtime I think you're a golfer am I right
0: well I suppose I enjoy the odd round of golf I the other thing is uh, I enjoy rugby. I it was for a number of years I played with Skibreen in my young days, and obviously I played senior rugby at Highfield for a number of years. Um, I go to some of the Highfield matches. I'd be watching rugby, you know, and, and and I suppose I enjoy sitting down at the moment and following Munster, and you know, delighted to see such a great cadre of young people from West Cork on the Munster team at the moment. And are you missing you know, the live
1: I... matches though?
0: Uh, yes, and I suppose like the other side of it, uh, you know, watching, you know, all the young lads that are on the Munster team at the moment, you know, I would have played rugby with their dads mm. and that, and, you know, I get satisfaction out of that as well. You know, it's great to see F coming from West Cork and I have no doubt that some of them will meet, you know, will go to the top, you know, in the Irish and indeed probably the international world of rugby, which is good to see. And I think it's good for, for most importantly, for the young people in West Cork because, they will try and epitomise what those guys are doing as well, and and probably put them on the right track. And you know, from from a policing perspective, it's very important sport because that's who your peers are, and um, you know, it plays a vital role in diverting people away, maybe from crime or for something else. You know, people may get into the wrong field or get in with the wrong groupings. So sport is very important, and as well, look, I enjoy watching sport, no doubt, no different to anybody, and. You know, I enjoy the, the J as well, and the hurling and the football. And indeed, we'll be watching that over the weekend. And uh, hopefully, the, from a car perspective, being the a not do too much damage. Well.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, Chief Superintendent, thank you very much for joining us this week. And best of luck with the uh, policing in the future.
0: Thanks, Siobhan. Thank you very much.
1: And so to this week's newspaper... Our lead is the sad story of the Golian pensioner who was followed home from a shopping trip to Skibbereen by two men. One of the men distracted her with conversation while the other loaded up one of her rooms with boxes of power tools and chainsaws, none of which she wanted. They intimidated her and she parted with several thousand euro as a result. But it had a court sequel recently when both men were jailed at the Cork Circuit Court. We also have the disturbing story of claims of prostitution taking place in broad daylight on the outskirts of Macroom, a claim which local guardies say they are taking seriously. We also have a rather unusual story of the two Druids who came to West Cork recently to help a local farmer move a standing stone. Our main picture is a charming portrait of students of St Patrick's Boys National School in Skibbereen, which has moved its classes to the enchanting surroundings of Lissard Estate outside the town for a week. Inside the paper, we have news of abandoned house fire on Halloween night, goats that are heading home to Bera after having to clean up a Crosshaven graveyard, and the green light for plans for a modern new play area for Bandon. We also have a story that the Council is testing out new bike repair stations for cyclists wanting to do repairs on the go, and we have lots of local news from the courts this week as usual. In features, we have a closer look at what businesses and organisations are going Uh, to do to entice shoppers to stay local, and a report into the disappearing dunes in Inchadami. Our feature property this week is a coastal home in Skull with foreshore access, and in business we have details of the first ever Southern Star Sales webinar for firms wanting to reach their full potential. The farming pages reveal the winner of the Southern Star Celtic Ross Hotel Hall of Fame Award and our life and community front page features a great interview with Baron of John Sullivan, who stars in Gogglebox Ireland. Emma Conley is making her way through Schitt's Creek in her Covid diary and Paddy O'Donovan gives you the perfect squat advice in the fitness column. We also have our usual columnists and motoring and sports sections and local news from every area of West Cork. So don't forget, if you can't get to the shops, you can subscribe online by going to southernstar.ie and clicking on the e-paper tab at the top of the screen, or call the office on 028 21200 for a postal copy to be sent out to you. And now for this week's musical treat. Greenshine's new single, Don't Mind If I Do, has been getting a lot of radio airplay recently. But the band, comprising Noel Shine, Mary Green and their daughter Ellie, popped into the Southern Star studio as part of our Southern Star sessions a few years ago to record a song which has since become a major staple of their repertoire called The Girl in the Lavender Dress. For more on Greenshine, see greenshinemusic.com. to the Southern Star Coronavirus podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast which is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.subscribe.southernstar.ie